Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, to rush or not to rush a playing surface, we'll discuss. Also looking ahead to Raleigh, North Carolina on a Saturday night, protecting your quarterback and pressuring the other guys. We'll take a closer look at that challenge for both Texas Tech and North Carolina State. Also, when will Oklahoma and Texas make like a tree and get the hell out of here? We'll investigate on the other side today on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Glad to have you along for the ride once again on Locked On Texas Tech with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks so much for making us your first listen as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, another day closer to Red Raider football for the first time on the road in 2022 with Joey McGuire. We'll have plenty to say on Red Raiders and Wolfpack coming up Saturday night from Raleigh, North Carolina. A couple of things I think I'm identifying. I'm going to get out the telestrator within a few matchups. Am I right? Am I wrong? Does Chris Level agree or disagree? We'll get to that coming up in just a moment. But first, Chris, wanted to, to step back for a bigger picture that does involve Texas Tech for just a moment because uh, there was some conversation revved up as a result this week of the SEC telling uh, basically Georgia and Tennessee, that they needed to do away with non-conference games with the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, believed to be played in 23 and 24. So with things still kind of left unsettled as far as that potential exit date, people began to wonder, what does this mean? Does this mean they're on a conference schedule in 2023? Well, there was a non-conference date replaced for one of those SEC teams, so kind of seemed like, okay, they must know that Everything's remaining as is next season. But what does it mean for 24? What does it mean for 25? Because that's the year that's been circled so far. But as we've mentioned so many times, uh, when there's a will, there's a way. And no one's quite sure what that exit date's actually going to be right now. Yeah, you, you know, there's so many conversations you can have with this because, I mean, Texas uh, is in town a week and a half from now. And we're not sure if this is the last time the Longhorns will be in Lubbock or not. We don't know. Here's the here's the thing that you should ponder. Yes, we don't know what the SEC is ultimately deciding on eight games or eight conference games or nine conference games and things like that. We don't know when you know their their league will change and add Oklahoma and Texas for sure. Could I make a guess, Chris? Sure. Curveball seven. I think they're going to go to seven as a matter. They're going to find some way to say no. Actually, that, that was considered... a changeup. That was we a changeup. We yeah. only need seven. <laughs> Tell no, that me was... that it's out of the realm of possibility for the SEC. That was the old spitball. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, uh, Raleigh fingers would be proud. Hey, uh, thank you. I, I think. I, I think that here's something else that we don't know, and I think this is peculiar in that how quiet this has been. And it tells you kind of what the deal is right now because we don't we don't know what the Big Twelve schedule is going to look like next year, whether it's twelve or fourteen. And here's what I say: we don't know if there'll be divisions, if there'll be pods. We don't know anything about the structure of the conference schedule, and it may be because they're not real sure if they've got a thirteenth and a fourteenth program in it or not. You know, but I think that. Because typically that schedule is released by the Big 12 late November, early December. So we've got, a, a, a you know, 60 days, you know, 60, 90 days, whatever it is to kind of sort through that. But I think you're starting to read some tea leaves here and there's kind of some movement going on potentially. And I'm just not sure what what conference schedules look like for these these couple of leagues. And really, there's, I guess, a bunch more than that. Uh, you know, past this season because that none of those have been announced yet. And we're trying to, you know, re read whatever context clues we can get. But it, yeah, the, the, the news about Oklahoma today certainly gets everybody's eyebrows perked up for sure. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of curious about whether or not we're going to get these uh, crossover years. It would be like if David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar <laughs> were in Van Halen at the same time. And even though Roth is the one heading out in that scenario. I feel he's more Cincinnati-ish than Sammy Hagar for some reason. So I don't know. Sort that out in your mind. But I want 
this huge conference for whatever period of time, Chris. Uh, I've been curious to see Oklahoma <laughs> and Cincinnati on the same field. Have you wanted these orphan years at all, or are you ready to just get past get past the breakup? Man, you're you're making my head explode talking about Hagar uh, <laughs> and, and and David Lee Roth on the, in the same band. Wow, that I was not prepared for that analogy. I, I I'm maybe one of the There's few not of cocaine. No, we don't have time for a cocaine. <laughs> Pardon me. Continue, please. <laughs> I uh, I'm one of the few that appreciated both versions of that band with with different lead singers. And I know you're probably supposed to be one or the no. other, but I, I th- there are tracks from from each version that I uh, that, that's that fair. I enjoyed. Yeah, if you're a so, fair minded person, that's got to be the stance, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I uh, be, because do I, I absolutely want to see. Texas and Oklahoma have to play some of these, you know, school. I, I'm just curious, you know, how classy everybody is and how fair everybody is. Because, I mean, if if you, you know, I, I could envision a scenario if you really wanted to be really, uh, I don't know, snarky about everything. You could make, you know, the, the two outgoing schools, you know, make them go to some of these new places. Or yes. you can make them or you can make them go both years. Well, well, to repeat, like make Texas, uh, you know, come back here, a, a, you know, a year from now, like take care of the old guard too, you know. I mean, you know, I don't know why you'd want to necessarily reward, you know, the Cincinnati's and Central Floors and BYU's of the world because you know reward the, your current old guard with, uh, well, uh, with with extra home games against against those two. I think for me personally, it's just knowing how much they would hate repeatedly going to Cincinnati yeah. or uh, who's the other one from Florida? <laughs> yeah, Central Florida. Florida. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but beneath them. Do we even have to contractually give them home games? Could it be just all road contests for the next two years for these jack wagons? You want a home date at DKR? Schedule Austin Community College. Who yeah. gives a rip? Yeah. I, I don't know what that's all going to look like. I kind of want some of the car wreck, but I haven't really since the announcement that this was happening believe that we were going to get that because I think at the end of the day, again, where there's a will, there's a way. And even though the big 12 probably had a more spiteful or vengeful appetite uh, early on saying, no, we're going to, we're going to keep you here. We're going to try to make it painful maybe. in in some type of ways, uh, most big 12 folk in the heartland, now that we've gotten rid of the university of Texas and Oklahoma, good God fearing folk. And they understand that vengeance is the Lord's. So we've turned on to another mission now. I think we've got the appetite to possibly move on. And if I'm saying that, if I'm saying that, I mean, I think I'm probably speaking for some of the final Big 12 fans to get on board and say, all right, maybe we just get on to the next schedule, Chris. Because you also think about with some of these things potentially happening sooner rather than later. Well, how does that relate to the Big 12's aspirations as you look west, do you want to set something in motion and just really get on to being free, single, and ready to mingle, uh, maybe with somebody in a Four Corners region? I, I don't know what the overall appetite is, but I feel like I'm beginning to lean that way personally. And I know you saw this, but the TV numbers for a little old BYU and a little old Baylor uh, this past Saturday night in that late window were massive as 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 far as a rating goes and the overall viewers go if i'm brett yormark i'm i'm saying you know i'm saying to myself cha-ching i mean like the price did it just go up uh because i mean that was a good football game make no mistake it was a rematch from last year uh there wasn't really anything opposed to it for per se good football teams absolutely and it was a game that went into overtime and all that and i don't I know think- if the price went up chris but i think it had to be reinforced yeah because they- the price was already more valuable potentially than the pac-12 i think the price we knew it was the media didn't always reflect that but it was their biggest uh highest rated game i think in six years th- since 2016 something like that yep uh, and i and i think that that says a lot and i i think byu ought to get unless you 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 start adding a bunch of west coast schools byu ought to get real used to playing home games in, in that time slot because you know i mean and again i i think i think byu baylor byu oklahoma state byu texas tech byu a lot of these schools would would have gotten maybe a similar rating i don't know but i just think it that that's that's hard data 
that TV networks uh, that moves the needle a bit. So I just uh, I think that's worth pointing out as you start looking at okay expansion, uh, where do we go? But that that late TV window that that's that's where the money is right now, and that's where if you can get more of those or more teams that are willing to play in it, I think that that's where you can really start to increase your overall worth uh, as a league to to TV networks. But uh, yeah. Yeah, just the simple fact that you've added BYU, I think, is 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 helped you for sure. But anyway, it, now that stood it, out to me as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just some something worth pointing out. It seemed like the Big Twelve was pimping it a little bit as well, and you know that Brett Yormark from his rock days has got that big pimping energy, that BPE, <laughs> and it seems like there's been a tone shift, hadn't it, of some kind, uh, from what you're seeing there from the league office, even if it is something as uh, relatively innocuous as highlighting something like that on twitter and i tell you as well chris if it's got to be i mean i don't want to put all the the burden on byu until we get some things cleared up in the four corners region anybody can take a late kick i'm thinking it's the people in the 806 i remember kicking the snot out of the aggies one time when we kicked off i was at 1 a.m i have no idea i don't know what day it was by the time a game was over but i think it's the red raider fans if they say all right does anybody just want to give us that late window even if you're in the central top sure We'll take the nine o'clock kick. We'll I think that Casey, that post game <laughs> press conference after you you wore the Aggies out. First of all, that game, a nine o'clock kick in, in Lubbock that night, it was a three ring circus. <laughs> Halloween that, or close? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know that's a good. I, I, I don't think remember it if it a, fell right on it, but yeah, it, it, it was in October, I believe. Yeah, but the vicinity, back in I think. yeah, the mid two thousands, but. Uh, that post game press conference, I want to say, was at about twelve thirty or one a.m. By the time <laughs> that thing wrapped up, and it was a blowout, as a lot of those games against a And were. But uh, yeah, and, and I can even envision a scenario. Say you don't add anybody just yet, West Coast wise. I can even see a scenario to where you put it in some sort of TV package. Hey, everybody's got to have one of these every other year, you know. And you create enough inventory to where it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to uh, host one. Yeah, you're gonna like, you're gonna keep. Uh huh. Everybody has a home game to where. Could you, you know, do it to? You couldn't do it to West Virginia or Central Florida, right? Wouldn't it have probably to be like not. Central yeah, only, I guess. Yeah, probably not. C- Central or, or BYU included, but uh, yeah, that, that's a fair point. Because I mean, it, well, there was a, one of those TV deals. Uh, I think the 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 one before the current one that we're in, where it's like, okay, everybody's got to share. You know, kind of do a Thursday. Uh, home game, you know, every other, every third year, we're going to rotate that around. We, we needed to yeah. create some inventory and all that stuff, but we'll see. But I, I just, you can kind of start to read the tea leaves here in that, that late window and maybe sniffing around some of those West coast schools may make a lot of sense uh, for, uh, for what you've got going. Well, before we uh, move down the track, what, what's just your personal feeling or, or take Ben, uh, whether it's changed or evolved or not on an exit date for, Oklahoma and UT because 25 is what they've thrown out is it 23 is it somewhere in the middle or do you think they'll stick to that my opinion is this I I don't think unless something changes and and we get some sort of scheduling quirk like we talked about a second ago where maybe they the conference says okay well you're gonna have to go to these places back-to-back years I think you need to prepare that Texas plays their last home game here next weekend uh now, as far as exit date, hmm. I don't think they're here, you know, through through when they're obligated to. I think it's it's either this year and next year, or it's either this or or they're just going to finish up the season and away they go. So I think if if anything, you know, you may get one more year out of them, and you may have one fourteen team one year of a fourteen team league uh, with with the new members, and then and then also Texas and Oklahoma. But I, I just don't see them you know, playing, you know, two more years after this one. I just, I don't envision that as a realistic scenario at all. They don't want to do it. And I'm not certain that, that the big 12 would, would necessarily prefer it. And, and, you know, that you already start conversations with your media rights partners, which allows, I mean, that was all reported to, which allows Texas and Oklahoma to start official exit, you know, conversations True. and all that stuff. So this thing will get, start getting wrapped up and we'll start getting clarity fairly soon. But the biggest announcement we're waiting on is just somebody's conference schedule for next year and we may be you know some time away before we get that but it's coming yeah no doubt about it and i think that going back to the television um negotiation or conversations aspect of it if that opens the door i think a lot of 
Big 12 or most Big 12 fans would probably say, again, so be it. You'd rather be in that position uh, to get the jump on the future, potentially on some competitors elsewhere <laughs> across the country as far as conference television negotiations are concerned than hang around again trying to exact uh, some type of, of spiteful mission that is beneath us in every way, shape, or form. And I believe it. I'm not... I'm not just saying it. <laughs> All right, so what the odds are that they make it to 25, I, I would agree, are pretty low. I don't even know if I could pick a date otherwise, but are they going to make it to that? I sincerely doubt it. Sounds like Chris does as well, and maybe pretty quickly if there's anything as far as odds on that type of deal. I bet our friends at Bet Online are going to have that covered because they're the go-to, the go-to source to get the jump on all the angles, action, angles on the action, this pro and college football season. You can find all the latest news on this week's football games as well as analysis on the wide, wide world of sports. Beyond the gridiron, MMA, boxing, golf, baseball, basketball, esports. Hey, did little Terrence's girlfriend dump him this week? Going to be a little slower on the COD controls than ever before. Big esports matchup coming up. I bet on bet online to have the inside scoop. Don't you? <laughs> If anybody else would, it would be Bet Online. Bet Online also HQ for live betting, stats, and scores. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about what the trends are looking like this week. And Chris, I think you noticed, like I did, uh, some odds on the next man in Lincoln, Nebraska. Matt Campbell, our buddy in Ames, Iowa, seems to be the uh, early odds on favorite. Yeah, and I think Lance Leipold uh, also heavily because he's got some ties to the state of Nebraska and has spent some time uh, on that campus. And I think uh, even the guy that the Red Raiders are playing this weekend, Dave Dorn, was asked about that this week as well. So um, Zach Kittley's name's even on that list, Casey. How about a couple of others uh, outside of that box? Mark Stoops, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Bill O'Brien's the offensive coordinator at Alabama. You know, well, and, and maybe it, 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 we, we need more time to talk about you know just the Nebraska job in general. I don't know if we want to waste time doing that now, but I, I would just tell Deion you, Deion Sanders, <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not a great job right now. Now, granted, that Big Ten money that that's gonna that's gonna move some needles now. I mean, that that's gonna hit different when it hits the old direct deposit because they're gonna have all kinds of money to throw uh, at that job, but. Based on the expectations there locally, this ain't the 80s or the 90s anymore. You know, that's always my biggest problem with West Virginia. They still think they're in the Big East. They're not. <laughs> this isn't Tom Osborne. I mean, you know, you know who they should hire, Cowan? They should hire Bo Pelini. He was doing pretty good. You know, I mean, eight or nine wins a game or Frank wins Solich. a year. Yeah, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't good enough. You know, it wasn't Dial good it enough. On back even they, 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 they'd kill to have that now. But hey, uh, you know what I was thinking when we mentioned Bill O'Brien? In Austin at DKR over the weekend, I think the Longhorns head coach was the fourth best head coach in the stadium that day. Saban, Patterson, O'Brien, Sarkeesian is how I'd run that list down. Have you considered that? I had not thought about that. That's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> Odds on he was the favorite to be the least favorite. Bet Online's probably got that covered as well. Check it all out. Get set up for this weekend's action at Bet Online where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Glad to have you with us on Locked On Texas Tech. It's your team every day. He's Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. You are you. Wonderful just the way you are. If you're subscribed on YouTube, if not, then you got a little work to do. I mean, you're okay at this point, I guess, but just a little work to do. Get to YouTube, subscribe there today or anywhere you get your podcast. Appreciate all who have done that. 
so far. We've got Texas Tech and North Carolina State coming up Saturday night from Raleigh as the Red Raiders have remained about a double-digit underdog, 10.5. Seen it uh, stick around at 10 for the most part as we sit here having this conversation, Chris. And you're going to have to have some things really go well for you, of course, in order to pull off an upset on the road. Uh, Saw that the game was going to be sold out, so you'll be there in front of a hostile environment. And I want to start with some things as far as a breakdown of who maybe you see kind of having an edge here in one particular area that's going to be key. We talked about it yesterday, and that is getting after Devin Leary. Pressure on the quarterback. We'll take it from both perspectives, both uh, Texas Tech's and North Carolina State's. But let's start with Tech pursuing Leary first. I'm curious who you think does have the better chance uh, to maybe be pressured. Is it Leary? Is it Smith? Because I think whether it's the defensive front you're looking at or maybe the quarterbacks themselves that you're looking at as far as who lends themselves possibly to being trapped in a pocket or or forced into a mistake. Uh, there are different ways to approach this kind of thing. I feel like I probably like our guy's ability to escape some pressure if there is pressure uh, to begin with a little bit better. But, of course, Leary is a vet, and I want to throw crafty in front of that word because they often are. He's a crafty vet, Chris. Yeah. How do you see kind of the protecting your quarterback, getting after their quarterback, balance breaking down between these two? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Leary is is. I think he there, there's two kinds of quarterbacks. There's ones that run to run, and there's ones to run to kind of set up the pass. I think he's more the latter. I don't think he's looking to try to you know hurt you with his legs as much as he's trying to extend plays and things like that. He's only got. I think this is right. I think it's only like just five rushes, actually rush attempts on the year, but he's got a couple of touchdowns. So, uh, you know, basically in the red zone, you know, around the right. goal line is where you can look for him to, uh, to to do some damage to you with his legs. But he's got three grad transfer types up front blocking for him and a couple of sophomores as part of that starting five. We mentioned his left tackle was the sixth pick in the draft mm-hmm. last year, but most of those guys are all back. The, the other four starters are – they're really solid – that's a group where you're very solid on the other side too, and that's probably your best pro prospect on your team. And Tyree Wilson, you, you've got to you got to win those some of those matchups either overall, but you 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 definitely can't take an L with that group and, and let Leary just have all day long or let him hurt you, uh, right. you know. And I think I think that's pretty apparent. Otherwise, it's going to be a long night uh, because I think that's kind of the strength of your team is on that side of the ball. And I think if they were able to spread the ball around and he's able to get real comfortable and get in rhythm, I just don't like your chances there. And this is a kid, it's kind of like their team. He's not super flashy, you know, but he just is not going to beat himself. You know, he, he's very smart, uh, football IQ and crafty, as you mentioned, and and he can absolutely hurt you with his legs. I just don't think he's necessarily looking to do – that's not his necessarily his game. It's more of like, let's keep a play alive and let me, let me fire it to one of my many – many different targets. So that, that would be the, the one breakdown on that side of the ball. I think Donovan is clearly the more mobile of the two, and he mm-hmm. may need to be because he also doesn't have uh, as good of an offensive line in front of him as <laughs> right. what Leary does either. I mean, that's just a fact. Uh, as these guys are trying to figure it out, they could, in fact, be without a piece in Western right, which, you know, we'll see kind of what updates we get as the week goes along, but I'm planning on him not playing. So that that part is also a, a, a bit of a scare. Yeah. No question about it. I was going to ask you there. I know you mentioned um, earlier in the week that, that you weren't feeling good about his chances. That remained the same, gotten any worse. You, you say you still are kind of feeling that way. I, I just – I would say thumbs down on the chances. That's my opinion. I just think – I think Joey kind of is telling you what he what he thinks will be the, be the case whenever – earlier in the week it's, you know, hey, he sprained his ankle. It's the same one that's been sprained before. But, boy, it's really tough when a big old guy like that to sprain his ankle. And right. He, I think he's kind of almost – uh, planting those seeds that Weston won't play. So that that would seemingly be Landon Peterson and, and Jacoby Jackson at those two guard spots. You know, and and I think NC State typically runs a three-man front. I think the three guys up front have a career high, I mean, a career total of about 15 sacks uh, combined among those three, which is not bad at all. Uh, that That is, in fact, really good. And so, you, you know, but, but they run that stack, you know, you know, and so there may not their their whole scheme is based on pressure, and I think you you've you've heard people talk about like the kind of scheme that Tony Gibson runs, and it's they could rush eight or they could drop eight, and you're never really sure what you're going to get, 
And I think, you know, if they, if they all rush, you know, you hope you have the right play call, hope you pick up the blitz, hope you have a screen pass called. If they drop eight, this is where you got to be able to be smart and run it or Donovan's got to use his legs and, and attack it there. So it's kind of a chess match and trying to figure it out, but uh, you're going to deal with a ton of pressure or just really no pressure, depending on what Tony Gibson <laughs> got to confuse Donovan Smith uh, quite a bit. But I think Sir Roderick and Taj Brooks definitely need to play well and earn their money uh, on Saturday night. It, it may just be my preference. I don't know if it's the smarter decision by any stretch, but I always would prefer to force the issue. I think if I'm in their shoes, I may be trying to go after uh, Donovan, even though clearly if if you're out of position or, or whatever it might be, if you're not somewhat disciplined in your rush, so to speak, uh, clearly he's going to be able to hurt you there also. Uh, on the other side, Chris, when we're talking about Leary and your Tim DeRuiter, it seemed like Coach DeRuiter wants to create pressure and not just with guys bullying up front uh, along those along the defensive line with maybe three or four, but really create it um, with some different paths and blitz packages to the quarterback. Do you think that it is uh, a drop back and, and try to keep it in front of you with Leary because he is so dangerous with the arm, or is it force the issue for Texas Tech as well defensively? I think there's a happy medium there. I, I see. I think Tim's philosophy is is not as drastic on either side of it as like Gibson's is with his personnel. Okay. I think there's a yes. You're gonna you're gonna send extra players and blitz, but I don't think it's it's like let's just send eight, let's just house them. Uh, but it's also you're not gonna see this this defense drop eight guys either. There's more of a you're more of a you know, let's 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 send six guys or let's drop six guys. I mean, there, there's more of a, a middle ground, I think, with what Tim wants to do. He will also, though, change his looks quite a bit. I think you see some three man front, but you'll see a lot of four man front. I think you'll see, you know, some some nickel stuff as well, trying to match up. And, you know, they use their tight ends quite a bit. And, you know, their stud tight end is out for the next month or so. And that that certainly hurts NC State. But They've got plenty of other weapons, and that's the scary part. Like, did you watch the Chiefs this past weekend, Casey? Yes. Um, okay. So the the talk there about the Chiefs was, man, how are they going to replace Tyreek Hill? Well, they 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 hit you with all this depth, and it makes it harder on a defense because you can't. Okay, I can focus on Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. I, I may not be able to stop them, but I know where they're going. And now with what Pat's working with in Kansas City, there's all these weapons. No one is better than the other, but it's hard to try to focus and play defense against it because he can just go wherever. And that's kind of that's kind of what Leary – there's not just the one skill player, running back or receiver, that just sticks out uh, above everybody else. And, and I think uh, Thayer Thomas is – a name that they're really they've heard a lot around uh Raleigh quite a bit but I don't he's not some all world you know wide out or anything like that but he just Leary does a great job of spreading it out I think five different guys maybe caught a touchdown pass last week I think that's right uh so hmm. just speaks to kind of what 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 you're dealing with there as far as their skill players go interesting uh seems like he's going to have some options and maybe somewhat similarly to what we've seen from Texas Tech, from a pass catcher standpoint, you always uh, see it kind of narrow down and, and whittle down as you get into the meat of the schedule, of course, uh, compared to what it might be in week one against an FCS opponent. But uh, th there's been a little bit of spreading it around uh, in Lubbock and curious to see who maybe can make some of those big plays uh, with the lights or the brightest uh, on the road for the first time this season. Uh, may I pose this to you? Because we had a gentleman uh, or a gentlewoman, I'm not quite sure. I do not, I do not gender font, so I'm not sure sure uh here on youtube north carolina state fan wanted to chime in chris was checking out the show on spotify and we certainly appreciate that and headed over to uh youtube the username this is no one's fault but their own all right this is not my fault i think it's nine entertainment but they did the thing where you throw a number into the spelling of a number which is so much cosmic convergence it makes my head hurt seven i n e right Something along okay. those lines. So anyway, NC State fan listened on Spotify, they said, and had to come over to YouTube just to make this comment. Ha ha. You do not have to respect Leary as a runner at all. Pretty sure he had negative rushing yards last year. He did have negative 25, which can be uh, thrown off, obviously, when you think about how they consider uh, 
sack totals, which I believe still is subtracted from a rushing total, correct, in college football? Yeah, I mean, and and make no mistake, Leary is not Clayton Toon. But, I mean, I I just think if you – he is athletic enough, and and he's got, I think – technically five rushes for like 21 yards and a couple of tutties this year. Yep. Okay. So, and, and I think, yeah, negative yardage last year when you factor in all the, but you know, what did he net and what did he ultimately gain? Right. Where we can get into all those things. He's athletic. He can extend a play. I've said that earlier in that he's more of one that wants to run to extend a play, not run to run. Whereas Donovan, I'm not real sure if we know the answer to that yet because he may be more closer of a run-to-run guy as, as opposed to wanting to run to set up the, yeah. uh, the pass downfield because in the first game that we saw him in that in that second quarter, he, he really just was a drop-back guy, you know, against Murray State. And then last week, you know, we saw him kind of, you know, tuck it and go, and there were some called QB draws and things like that. But we haven't seen him just scramble around and kind of like Pat was. Pat was the ultimate you know, run, run to set up the pass uh, type guy. He just run around in circles back there and you'd find Jakeem Grant wide open down there going, Hey man, throw me the ball. I'm open. And then we'd all stand up and jump around and it was all exciting. Yeah. Um, Most people, when they talk about run to set up the pass, they're talking about play calls within an offense, but Pat Mahomes was under so much fire. No, it was a (laughs) passing offense. We couldn't run it either. He literally run for his life to set up any opportunity to throw the ball. I'm just kidding because DeAndre Washington was there, and actually we were a pretty good running football team. At yeah, that time. <laughs> yeah. But but this is not to to, to that guy's point. I, I get what he's saying. Um, I I do think I and I I probably answered all these questions earlier in the in the show without actually knowing that this question will be posed like this. But it's the red zone where you got to be careful with him because that's where. I think if you just kind of forget that he he's athletic enough to hurt you, he, he ends up you know getting into the end zone uh, as he's done a couple of times this year. And I think I think he's more of a just trying to extend the play, you know, and and being athletic. Sure. But this isn't Clayton Tune. Clayton Tune, you know, from Houston was definitely somebody that could could hurt you. Uh, running it and tuck it and go and you know maybe Hudson Card for Texas is the same way but yeah I, I don't want to draw those comparisons but I just think you can't ultimately forget about uh, Devin Leary's ability to kind of extend a play or hurt you in the red zone either. I uh, I think this comment sounds exactly like what an offensive coordinator who was planning a lot of quarterback draws would write. Do we even know who this guy really is? NC State fan. Or offensive coordinator who's planning to really run this dude on Saturday night. Because he knows we're out here putting out the the bird call. Watch out. Watch out for the QB. Watch out for the QB. So I don't really know what to make of this. Just like the username. Sorry if I butchered it. 7N Entertainment. 7N Entertainment. And by the way, you know who their OC is, right? Or who's, uh, you know, I think I think primary play caller or OC or quarterbacks coach or whatever, you know who this is, right? Tell me. He was, uh, he worked for none other than Tom Herman for several years in, in Austin. His name is Tim Beck. Beck. Yeah. Yeah. I think the 17 season, 18 season, 19 season. And then, uh, yeah, then things changed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Tim Beck, no, he, he, he's seen the red Raiders before. Things change quickly, don't they? Seven seven nine <laughs> entertainment. How about that? So I invite oh, the other viewers and yeah. listeners, head to YouTube, comment on this guy's comment, figure <laughs> out what the hell. How do you read this name? because uh, yeah. I you know, I hate to uh I hate to do him wrong like that. We're trying to ride for the brand also, even if it's a seven in entertainment. Appreciate you checking out the show on Spotify, yeah. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey app, YouTube, anywhere. Subscribe where you're getting it. And uh, we appreciate you even a little bit further. You mentioned the name just a moment ago of uh, Hudson Card. I I would mention him among some others in a question I have for you as far as quarterback play across the Big 12 coming up in just a moment. And we'll also, before we wrap it up, get to comments on the field rush. There are takes in all direction. Some pretty hot. We'll get to that coming up. In just a moment on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, Chris, we're just a couple of days away from game day. Texas Tech and North Carolina State coming up a Saturday night, but you don't have to wait till then to break out the Jays salsa. We've been talking a lot about Jays salsa being the tech 
fans tailgate staple. But you may be at the crib coming up on Saturday night. And how embarrassing if you were to host some fellow Red Raiders and they came over looking for that red and black classic Jay's salsa bottle and you've got some imposter. So get out now to jsalsacompany.com or Chris all over the place in Texas and New Mexico. Most United Supermarkets, Market Streets, Albertson Supermarkets here in the LBK at HEB. Easy to find. The red and black jar I really like because it leaves no doubt whenever you hit that aisle that you found what you're looking for. JSalsaCompany.com. Okay. Red Raider owned. Okay. Red and black jars. You mentioned it's not yellow. It's not green. It's it's not, you know, it's, it's going to fit right in on that salsa aisle, but it'll, it'll look even better on your kitchen counter, man. Or, That's right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So get after it, man. JSalsaCompany.com. And again, support a Red Raider, man. That's all we're asking. You know, just support each other. Guns up, you know, red and black. I and mean, we've got the salsa. It's a good product, man. Go get after it, man. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I hear, I hear, I don't know if this is some irony or not. I believe an order was placed from North Carolina for this, is that right? uh, this particular product. Yes, that is a true story. So, be happy to share with someone out in Wolfpack country or absolutely. wherever you might be. I hope there's some Red Raiders out there that maybe I'll, I'll see them uh, I'll see them Saturday night, but uh, good for the old uh, North Carolinians uh, yeah. ordering some Jay Salsa. little taste of home. They're going to ship anywhere <laughs> in the U.S. at jsalsacompany.com. Red Raider family recipe, 20 years in the making. And that recipe, based in the belief good salsa, doesn't have to be complicated. Always fresh ingredients is the priority. And got some options, mild spice or something with some more heat, original and hot flavors. In over 90 stores, as I mentioned, in Texas and New Mexico, uh, most United Supermarkets, Market Streets, Albertson Supermarkets. And if you're blessed enough by God to be in the 806 HEB in Lubbock, you can find that red and black home run hitter as well. So get out, get you some, get ready for game day. It's the Tech Fans Tailgate staple and find it at jsalsacompany.com. Locked on Texas Tech, the only L-O double tizzy in your for week three of the Red Raider football season. It's Texas Tech and North Carolina State coming up Saturday night. Plenty more before we end the week for you coming up on a Friday edition of Locked on Texas Tech, the big one. Glad to be in your love and embrace on a little Friday today, assuming you're listening on little Friday. If you're not about that life, just let it come to you. Don't worry about it. Some are, and I'm glad to hear from you out there in uh, the YouTube comment section as well. I believe from Northern California, if I'm not mistaken, we are a international Chris. It seems like because California is where's that on the other side of the Pacific at this point, culturally <laughs> from Texas, <laughs> another country away. Man. Yeah, no, <laughs> No doubt. <laughs> yes. But good to hear from you and uh, stay safe. A well of an article in the LA Times a couple of weeks ago. I just happened to come across uh, as it relates to uh, hoop houses and grow operations in Northern California. Sounds like an interesting scene. Maybe, I don't know, an AR-15 or something like that's going to be recommended there. Open top Jeep may be a bad idea. Mobile probably going to be my recommendation in that situation. But I'm just a guy reading a newspaper, you know, really. So what do I know? Uh, do I know anything about this? Field rushes. You haven't had much cause for rushing any kind of field other than like pumpkin days out in pumpkin center, West Texas, when the big harvest is on, the rush is there, you know, but football, basketball, whatever it might be. Why do we not get baseball field rushes? That seems weird. I mean, you could easily access that. Uh, haven't had many things uh, football wise to get amped over, Chris, but they got amped on Saturday, and it always seems like for some reason this generates a bevy of takes as to the appropriateness of uh, a field rush. And I'm sure you've heard these things this week. Seem like some others heard these things these, this week as well. I'm curious as to your take when this conversation does come around every once in a while. 
So I want to I want to say that last year versus Iowa State after the sixty two yarder there there was some people on the field after that game for sure and that that one we'll kind of keep that separate in that because that that was like college football history sixty two yarder you you kidding me like you know everybody's just jaw dropped and they can't believe what they just saw so we'll we'll set that one off to the side <laughs> but but I I think uh, I think Joey loved it I think he really did I think it was. Uh, this was uh, fun. Uh, I think that the Houston folks kind of felt like, okay, maybe it was a bit unsafe and it wasn't, you know, people weren't, you know, I mean, all, all that stuff. I saw some complaints there as far as what are these know, people but, in the stands. Yeah, Texas what are Tech these? didn't handle their business. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, that, 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 that too, that too. But th- yeah, the question was posed to me, hey man, is it Texas Tech kind of past, you know, rushing the field just because you beat a ranked team like like Houston of all all teams, a, a, an American Athletic Conference team, and and I, yes, they are okay. However, I think this is some PTSD, man, from the, just the last decade of just not being very good, man. I just don't, and, and especially so at home. It's been a while, okay, just where you've been able to win and win consistently. I think people are generally excited right now. I think part of Saturday was, in some ways, this was a bit of a minor miracle in that, okay, you were up yeah. 17-3, and then you weren't, and you were dead to rights a couple of times. And so I think that the the, the shock value uh, is part of what, you know, the shock value combined with just not being very good in, in the last several years, and you mesh that together, and you get a field rush against Houston uh, that was ranked in the top 25. Because, I mean, think about it. You, you, okay, you're down. You get the ball 37 seconds left. Your quarterback has thrown three interceptions in the second half. Okay, yet, yet we need him to drive down quite a ways, okay, quite a ways, and we got to kick a field goal. And, and, by the way, we've had not one but two kickers miss a, miss a, a long field goal and, and, right. and all that. So we factored that in. Then we factor in fourth and 20, and you're just, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, that we tried. It, it was it was a good effort, but dadgummit, we couldn't get it done today. And, and, and all that, and you end up Donovan Smith just walks off smiling like, man, I know it wasn't pretty, guys, but we're glad to get the win. And I think everybody was just kind of like, oh, my goodness. So I think that's kind of what uh, what equals your field rush there. I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, all of a sudden we're in the stands just thinking, never a doubt. Never doubted it for a minute. <laughs> That's what I exactly. recall. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No uh, worry. We had it the whole time. You know, I just uh, I don't have a whole lot of use for the fan handbook, and for some reason, there are so many fans <laughs> out there that feel like oh, I should tell other fans how they should be fans, and you should do it this way. I mean, they're like people that actually write books about this kind of like guideline stuff. I. So I just I detest that I don't have any use for that kind of thing. So first and foremost, just go ahead and do what you do, have fun like you always do. In the words of Lester Roadhog Moran. Um, but I don't think that there's really is there anything that we're past or actually above? Because a long time ago, Chris, I remember getting to the point of believing, let's rush the damn thing after everything. That's just yeah. what we do. And, we're and, and tear it down. We are the people that we'll do it after freaking Murray State. I don't care. We're rushing after everything. And you know what kind of changed my thought? Part of it was based in how much I saw the team enjoying it, especially those teams where you're not getting big wins very often or hardly at all. It was beating, which I thought Tech was past, Missouri under Tommy Tuberville. Like Blaine Gabbert, you know, <laughs> was – it was astounding to me that we ever heard his name in the National Football League uh, after that night because I'm like, this cat couldn't beat Bruce Jones or whoever I DB with all due respect. I don't, the reason I remember his name because he was a tough son of a gun. So I'm sorry, Bruce. I use it as an example. But do you remember that win? Tech got a, it was a top 25 win over Missouri that came in. Just terrible, boring Tuberville football game. But we rushed the field and it was kind of like, really? For you this? wore that was one of those, that was one of those games that you wore the uh the, the camo uniforms like the wounded Oof. warrior wounded warrior and they they auctioned off the jerseys after that yeah. game and all that i remember that well absolutely but i kind of thought then after hearing in the post game press conference from so many of the players how awesome it was they'd never been a part of anything like that i don't remember the coach really mentioning it at all um but i he may have been somewhere slapping a ga i'm not quite sure what he was doing at that time he may not even notice that there was a field rush but at that point i thought yeah who cares man let them have fun especially for a beleaguered program uh, like Texas Tech was and has become even more so since then. 
And I thought it was interesting that Joey McGuire specifically mentioned the field rush, said he thought it was awesome, thought it was great, whatever the word was that he used. I thought, well, there you go, case closed. And my thought is still was about a decade ago and still is now, rush it every time if you want to. I don't care. You're only in college once. And even though I have plenty of friends of mine who are close to 40 who were telling me, we were down on the field Saturday. <laughs> it's mostly college student driven. And I don't really have a whole lot of beef with it one way or another. I do think you're right, too, about just the exasperation of nothing being that much fun at the Jones all that often and the improbability of what the result was. So there was a mob of players. I think that probably inspired it to a degree as well because they chased their quarterback down there to a corner, and it was it was a wild scene. But you're not going to find me sitting there saying, oh, how embarrassing. It's bringing great shame to us. First off, nobody's thinking about us. I mean, you're the only one thinking about it beyond 24 hours. We is what I mean. The only one thinking as tech fans about it beyond 24 hours, Chris. So I got no problems with it whatsoever. And if Coach McGuire and the team enjoyed it, then I hope we have more reason to do it in whatever circumstance this season. I uh, back to your your. I, I love the comment about uh, the fan handbook because I'd love to know. You know what I'm saying? Really, yeah, I, you know. Again, any any kind of handbook like that, I want to know who's writing it. It's like they used to say, "Man, it's not if the glass is half full or half empty. You got to figure out who's pouring the water." I want to know who wrote the fan handbook <laughs> uh, <laughs> because because I, you don't don't you're not the boss of me, man. You can't tell me what what I can and get get upset and paying money to get, get in here. About. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, rush the field all you want to. Just don't throw beer, drink it. That that would be the, the motto there. Rush the field with the cold one for the QB, <laughs> if he's of age. But keep it intact and pop it for him whenever you get there. I don't know. I just really don't – I don't view Texas Tech or really many others because truly I think just the scene is what's more memorable about anything. And I saw it more so being celebrated. Look how crazy this looks and all those things online, which is where this is generated, people that live online all day. And uh, I spent about half the day there, so I kind of know what they're talking about. But, you know, people that are out in the real world working real jobs from nine to five, I don't think they're uh, giving a flying hoot one way or another or having really any memory of it. Uh, the only real field rush memory I have once upon a time is is a real cussing being given to Eric Crouch by a friend of mine. That, <laughs> and it wasn't over the beating he had just given Texas Tech either. It was the fact that he had run up to him and said, can I have your helmet sticker? And he just totally ignored the kid. And he said, well, then how's your mother doing? You know, something along those. I'll just paraphrase and leave it at that. But uh, that was a long time ago, man. That was a long time ago. Have you ever been a part of a good field rush, court storming, anything like that? Well, I, I mean, I, I've been in the middle of them. Uh, You've been jumped in, over, I'm sure. Yeah, before. that's right. I mean, so. you got we got to be careful. Um, you know, there's been times in basketball, yeah, where people are just climbing over the table right there, and you're just kind of like, okay, make sure nobody takes anything, or make sure I don't get hit in the back of the head or anything like that. I mean, but yeah, the, the field rush thing for football, it's always fun because I've been a, a part of a variety of those, and typically, it's never now, granted, Texas Tech's never been good enough to where somebody has done that to you. Okay, where you've been on the road, you haven't been ranked high enough to where somebody has upset you and all that. So I haven't been in that part, but I've been a part of a lot of uh, the wins, and it's always fun post game because everybody's happy and excited, and you know that was kind of that way uh, certainly last Saturday. But the bowl game was kind of like that, just because every, everything kind of got chaotic down there, and people were just yeah. celebratory and excited and all that stuff. And those are always fun because that's when you see people at their best, man. You know, sports and, and and all the emotions just come out and all that stuff. And you know, but I've never seen anything like too crazy either. Thank goodness, because I don't want to. I don't know if I want to be a part of that. I I was on the receiving end of a field storming in high school. It doesn't feel good as a, a member of the losing team. It was my junior year, um, and it was to uh, Lubbock Cooper High School. It was back when Littlefield and Lubbock Cooper were in the same district, and Lubbock Cooper beat us. And I think it was the first time they had been to the playoffs since Moby Dick was a mena. I mean, they were still playing in like a shack of a stadium. It was much different then, but rushed the field, tore down their old goalpost, and I'm just sitting there having to watch this entire thing. I mean, it used to be big for nothing high school. They got a little something more than nothing nowadays. I know that's changed, but once upon a time, it yeah. wasn't the case, and they rushed the field on us, Chris. It didn't feel good at all. It didn't go down smooth. You can look over my shoulder. There's a Lovett Cooper helmet right there. That's why we had to put it on them yeah. one year later. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but that's the only time I've been on the receiving end of it. The storming end of it, 
I mean, that that's just good fun, especially on like a basketball court. Remember, I think it was at the USA where like the cat's getting rolled out there in the wheelchair. They're storming, throwing. I don't remember. Was that local or was that national where I saw that video? <laughs> you got to take the man out. Let's get him out there. <laughs> I think there was somebody like surfing on top of the chair, like the dude from Teen Wolf on top of the van or whatever. It was an amazing, inspiring, feel-good scene, just like most field stormings are look we'll worry about being above anything whenever we know we're like for sure above stuff but i'm not quite sure uh that we're there just yet i don't know uh i don't know about the etiquette you know stay to the end of the game stand up sit down do this do that what are we aggies telling bad jokes on a friday night in overalls no no we are not leave us alone Fan etiquette guideline handbooks are for Aggies, and I think that's where the conversation should end for any good Red Raider. Right, Chris? Who wants to go any further? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, when yeah. you know, you might be yes. acting that way. Yes, that's correct. All right, so we'll uh, wrap it up there and remind you to check out Locked On Big 12 with our guy Josh Neighbors swinging you around the league as we get ready for another college football weekend. That is Locked On Big 12. Make it your second listen here on the Locked On Podcast network chris enjoy the time as always brother we'll see you on the other side as we uh, wrap up the week and send you off to raleigh keep hope alive man guns up let's go undefeated right now should have no problem keeping hope alive as we head to a sold out stadium in raleigh north carolina coming up saturday night we got one more go round to get you ready for the ball game coming up this week we'll see you tomorrow right here on locked on texas tech